Well, hello everyone. How are you? Alexis Brooks from Higher Journeys back with another episode of Conscious Commentary on this fine spring, sunny afternoon. So glad that you could join me and I hope you can hear the smile on my face because uh, indeed it is finally, (laughs) the sun has finally emerged. And with that, uh, the greenery is popping out of the ground like crazy and on the trees. And so that in and of itself is enough to put a broad smile on my face. Speaking of a broad smile, (laughs) don't you love the way I get into these segues? Speaking of a broad smile, I am clearly grinning from ear to ear as I am, knock on wood, just about to wrap up what has been close to six months of narration, production, and mastering on a book that I'm going to share with you today called Meet the Hybrids. Meet the Hybrids, the lives and missions of ET ambassadors on earth. I was so privileged and honored to be asked to be the narrator for what will soon be an audiobook that will be available on Audible to all of you. And uh, by its authors, Miguel Mendoza and Barbara Lamb, two very well-known uh, and well-researched, uh, I would say, experts in the field of the ET and UFO phenomenon. Meet the Hybrids has done quite well. Uh, I believe it was released at the end of 2015 or 16. It's been a couple, it's been on the market for a couple of years. And Miguel had been telling me, come on, Alexis, you got to do this for us. People are really chomping at the bit to to have this out in audiobook. So I am so happy to say at long last, this was a, a big, big, big project. The biggest audiobook that uh, I have done, as some of you may know, I am, um, I guess you could call it my partial day job, <laughs> a professional voiceover artist. I've been doing it for years and I do enjoy it immensely. But this one was a doozy, guys, I got to tell you. Close to six months, 107,000 words, 11 voices to play. It's kind of like acting. 11 voices, including um, who many of you know, uh, Grant Cameron wrote the forward to to this book, quite a compelling forward. He packed quite a wallop in, in um, his preface uh, leading up to uh, interviewing, the interviewing. This is about the interviewing of eight individuals who believe themselves to be human ET hybrids. Big sigh there, not big sigh, but big pause, because of course, they're even in the higher journeys audience, folks that will say, really? Hybrids? What is this all about? Did I ask that question myself? I mean, you've got to think about what we're talking about here. The idea that we are walking among perhaps scores of individuals, who knows how many individuals that may in fact be, may not be 100% homo sapien sapien. Now, obviously, there are a lot of people who feel that maybe we're all hybrids on some level. I don't know. But uh, these are individuals who uh, we're going to get into this a little bit, because this is what we're talking about today. We're going to ta- we're going to talk about this experience of my narrating Meet the Hybrids today and some of the things that uh, were brought to light for me. But these particular individuals uh, give such a broad scope of their own entry point into this reality of their understanding that they are indeed 
uh, part human, part ET, and how it has affected their lives. Loads of mind-stretching, heart-wrenching, but inspirational stories, I have to say. You know, six months of immersing myself in this subject matter through the reading, the studying, the rehearsing, the producing of this book. And I probably at this point read it close to a half a dozen times in its entirety just to get through the process. Uh, You can't help but be affected by what you're reading. And and not to mention the fact that as I am uh, narrating or, or voicing these individuals, each uh, very different personalities, different geographical areas, different cultures, they come from all over. Uh, how can it not strike you? So I, I wanted to share a little bit of give give a little bit of the inside scoop on how this affected me and and really just kind of give you a thumbnail of how can I give just a thumbnail of 107,000 words? It's a fairly sizable book. I'm anticipating this is probably going to be a good seven, eight hour um, audiobook for y'all to uh, to take your time and go through. I think you're really going to enjoy it. For those who have not read the book, for those that have, uh, I do hope that uh, you'll partake and grab a copy when it's out. We'll be sure to let you know when it's uh, available on Audible. But let's talk a little bit about these hybrids. I'm not going to name all of them. In fact, I think you can go to uh, Meet the Hybrids. I think it's meetthehybrids.com. We'll make sure to have a link uh, in the post portion of this podcast so you can learn a little bit more about the individuals that I had the privilege of playing. Uh, Six women, two men, like I said, a variety of cultures, geographical areas, different age groups. But I've got to tell you one primary message, and that is we are here to help. The way they express wanting to be of help and of service uh, is is varied, of course, but there are c- common thread. There there is a common thread, a common theme, I should say, throughout their message uh, and their stories, and that is that they feel, as many of us do, that they came here in this state with a specific purpose to be of help to mankind. Whether it's helping others realize that perhaps they too are hybridized, or maybe it's, um, I don't know, my gosh, you would think after reading it about a half a dozen times, I could probably quote verbatim. Well, I can't because it's just so much information, but uh, so many different um, messages that came out from these individual hybrids about how they wanted to be of service. Some are involved in uh, hands-on healing or even remote healing, Reiki, of course. Some have sort of developed their own protocols for uh, healing. It really, a lot of this seems to be about wanting to be of service for emotional and in some cases, physical healing of others of the planet. The The subtitle as I said, is the lives and missions of ET ambassadors on Earth. And they do feel themselves, I don't know that they call themselves that, but they do feel that they are here to bring forth a message uh, to, the, to the masses. You know, implicit of many of the, some, many, there were eight of them, uh, some of the stories of the hybrids, uh, talking about their own feeling about themselves in a world that is seems so alien to them. 
there was as much enthusiasm, well, I should say there was as much frustration uh, with the state of affairs of this planet as there was exuberance in the prospect of seeing a better world and their being here to help usher that in. A couple of them, I'm not going to mention names, you'll, you'll read, you'll hear about all of it when you get into the book. But a couple of them, one in particular, though she knows that her she's here for a mission as a hybrid, admitted, you know, I'm ready to go anytime because this this is just crazy. We live in a mad world. We live in a mad world. And she, I think, had contemplated taking her own life on a couple of occasions. So when I say heart-wrenching, as well as mind-stretching, uh, I, I, I certainly mean it. In terms of how now let me let me set this up for you. The way Miguel and Barbara organize the book is fantastic because there it's a series of questions that are posed to each of the hybrids. They generally follow a similar format. Questions like, how did you learn you were a hybrid? What is your conceptualization of God? Uh what is your take on the takeover thesis? That's something that uh, many of us in this in the ufology field are familiar with. What would you like to share w- with other hybrids? Uh, some of the questions are personalized to the individual that they're talking to. But in that format, you get so many individual and emotionally charged accounts there's one that stands out to me. There are obviously quite a few, but one in particular. Uh, this isn't just the account of this particular hybrid. Her name is Charmaine. And she, in addition to the chapter based on her experience, uh, she did a regression with Barbara Lamb, the book's uh, uh, the co-author, Barbara Lamb, who I'm sure many of you are familiar with her great work as a hypnotherapist. Essentially, the... Uh, transcript from the session of Charmaine uh, being in regression was uh, also a part of the book. And I have to tell you that to record that, it was disturbing, first of all, because she, this is, you know, obviously how she uh, came to understand the, uh, the impetus and the context for which she realized that she was a hybrid. Part of that process was going through the regression with Barbara. But what was revealed in that regression, needless to say, was disturbing. And I will caution those of you who plan on uh, picking up this audiobook um, to brace yourself. And I have to tell you, recording it was one thing, but I ha- <laughs> when I listened to, you know, going through the final uh, production and got to listen to it uninterrupted, I was really moved and disturbed, and also just cheering her on because the level of tenacity and resilience and courage that it took, had to have taken for Charmaine to get through this is enormous. I was moved to tears in listening. And of course, it was me doing the talking, but I had to become Charmaine in that regression. And, um, Again, I'm not going to spill the beans. I, I need you to uh, take this in when you get the audiobook and read it or listen to it in proper context. I don't want to uh, be a spoiler on that, but I will tell you that some of the things that these hybrids have been through, regardless of what you think they are, 
the, the accounts and the testimony that they share. There are some that are very uplifting. There are quite a few that are deeply disturbing. And when I say disturbing, I'm talking about covert, militarized programs. We talk about the secret space program and other covert ops that are taking place. Well, guess what? Some of these hybrids uh, have a bit to share on that. It's not overwhelmingly about that. In fact, this book is not overwhelmingly about the malevolent as- ET aspect or military aspect. Quite the opposite. In fact, it, it is about the benevolence of many of the species uh, that have uh, been a part of these hybrids' lives. But there's a good dose of the sobering uh, side of this as well. And for that, you can only imagine having to go through this so many times. It, it got overwhelming. Uh, recording this and really having to pour myself into the, the character of these people, even though this is this wasn't fiction at all. Uh, but I had to become each of these hybrids in addition to in addition to Grant Cameron. I can't wait. I'm actually going to see Grant Cameron uh, in June at Contact in the Desert. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I can't wait to say, guess what, Grant? I got to play you. He's going to say what? <laughs> he wrote a great forward, by the way, to the book. Okay, I digress a little bit. So speaking of this, this whole idea of benevolence versus malevolence in terms of the quote ET agenda, and once again, it seems inevitable that so many people want to paint the ET phenomena with a broad brush, with a broad stroke, or with a singular stroke, when, and I'm not going to mention any names, but there are individuals out there in this area of work who have taken a in either or approach. It, they're either bad, all bad or all good. I happen to think that there's a, a, a great deal of all of the above. I think it's very complex, multi-layered. You hear me say that a lot, but I think it's true. And so that is addressed in this book up front, as a matter of fact, in terms of some individuals who have taken the they're all bad approach to their work and how most if not all of the uh, hybrids railed against that idea that conversely their uh, interactions with the variety of species that they believe themselves to be of that they eventually learned themselves to be you know part non-human themselves felt their uh, these entities to be quite benevolent that's their experience that's not to say that they rail against some of the species being less than benevolent, let's just say, but they don't take that either or approach. Let's talk about some of the variety of species that they believe themselves and in, in state emphatically, in, in fact, that they are of these hybrids. That would include the mantis or mantid reptilian, lots of that in there. Uh, Lyran, Andromedan, Palladian, Syrians from Sirius A and B. I don't have the have it in front of me, but so many and, and, and many that I had not been familiar with in terms of the, the names of the species. The reptilian part is addressed. You know, these, these, these hybrids are pretty hip. They know what's going on in the alternative community. Many, some of them are uh, 
a part of it in terms of following some of the researchers in the field, including the David Ikes and the Stephen Greers and the, you know, uh, people that are deep into this, this research, uh, particularly in the ufology area, and the whole stigma that's gone along with the assuming there is such a thing as a reptilian being, as it's been described. And uh, they themselves saying, well, heck, I have reptilian DNA as part of my hybridization. And I'm telling you, they're not all bad. This is extraordinarily controversial. Uh, they go deep, deep, deep into this, but uh, including Barbara Lamb. Barbara Lamb has stated on the record that she has had interaction with a large reptilian being, say what you will. I have no opinion because I wasn't there, but I'm telling you what she has talked about. And what she makes clear is that her particular firsthand interaction with a reptilian being in her living room was anything but malevolent. Conversely, it was a loving, revelatory experience. So that's brought up quite a bit in the book as well. This stigma against the reptilian species. Yet, there are some who who, who say, according to their own experiences, in fact, that there are there is a there is a contingent of rep, the reptilian species that is that are very very dark, where and others are benevolent. I would imagine not unlike the human race, right? I don't want to go off on a tangent there, but it's just quite interesting uh, the variety of species that they uh, say themselves to uh, to be a part of. And then there's the I don't think I covered this yet how they found out that they were a hybrid. In fact, that's one of the questions that was asked. I think that's actually the first question that's asked at the beginning of each chapter. One, more than one person, at least one person talks about what we call first contact being visited by a being, which started a whole string of synchronistic clues that led uh, to the discovery of being a hybrid. One woman was told by her father, I believe at the age of 34, she was told that she was conceived as a part of a covert military experiment, which she simply explained as a hybrid project in which her mother, this, this is quite, um, hideous to me that this could be done. But apparently her mother was drugged and implanted with a hybrid embryo. And obviously it goes into much more detail there. But it seems like in several of these cases, although the parents were involved, in some cases they were conscious of it. And probably most they were not. But th this sort of thing about being taken onto craft and being implanted with alien DNA or as part of a, a very physical military program uh, of covert drugging and implanting with a hybrid embryo, as this person described. Another woman described having multiple visits by uh, non-human entities as a child. She'd find strange marks on her body, missing time, and started putting pieces together. This is, you know, this is a walk. I, I don't think there's one instance, perhaps with the exception of the woman who was told by her father, and I believe it was just before the father passed away. He uh, felt like he needed to come clean and let her know who she really was. But in most cases, I'd have to say uh, that it's a, it's an unfurling, you know, kind of an uncovering, peeling back the layers of revelation, uh, uh, sort of mapping one's life, often from childhood, and ha having eventually the discovery that, 
oh my gosh, I'm a hybrid. I think of one individual in particular named Robert Fullington. I actually interviewed Robert along with Miguel Mendonca. Oh my gosh, maybe I think when the book first came out, great, great gentleman, young young man who talks about just the the head trip it was to to go from not even believing that UFOs or the phenomenon was real to discovering that he himself is a hybrid and all the things that came along with that. Often uh, the ridicule uh, by others, not surprising. Talked about that before. Feeling, feeling clearly alien that they, I think most of them said, I just knew as a child that I was not like others. I had no context to put that in. But I just knew. And then, of course, this comes along with layers and layers of experiences that are completely anomalous. And it's a it's a puzzle, uh, putting puzzle pieces together. It's a dot connecting exercise uh, for, for some of them. Other things, one of the questions that was asked is, uh, do you have physiological differences uh, that would be apparent and the answer with quite a few of them was yes, including chronic health issues, being double jointed, you know, moving in different ways. And again, I think in several cases, hybrids speak about their shape shifting and triggers for shape shifting involuntarily, including high levels of emotion can cause one's eyes to shift. I've heard this before, by the way. I've had people talk to me. Uh, they didn't necessarily call themselves hybrid, or in, in some cases, they were telling me about them witnessing an individual, literally, we use the term shape-shifting rather loosely, but some aspect of their physiology shifts, changes right in front of somebody else's eyes. So that's covered. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to bring up here. I don't want to give away too much of it. Because it's, again, it's just a fantastic allegory uh, of these very, very beautiful individuals. I have to say, I was so touched by, despite all that they had have withstood and are still withstanding, I would imagine, in being so, quote, different, how their mission, how they are unrelenting in their mission, and they know now they have an understanding of why they are here and what they are to do and the level of exuberance uh, in the projects, including doing this book project. I think it was a saving grace for quite a few of them just to be involved in this and to fellowship with other so-called hybrids. Uh, in some cases may have saved lives. These individuals uh, have gone through a lot. But the beauty and the, in some of the stories that they tell is also present. So... Okay, I'm, I think I've dropped enough of the, <laughs> dropped enough of that for now. Just wanted to to let you know. It, it again, I want to thank Miguel Mendonca and Barbara Lamb for giving me the honor and the privilege of narrating this fine book. And I'm just so excited to get it completely wrapped up. And I promise I will let you know. We, we'll be doing some some fun things around it. Maybe bring in a couple of the hybrids, uh, play some clips and uh, get you acclimated to the book even more. It's still, like I said, doing quite well because it's 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 an incredible piece of work. And I, hats off to both Miguel and Barbara in, in just putting together something so incredibly thorough and intelligent uh, and uh, revealing. So stay tuned. Uh, I would imagine we will have, uh, I've got to leave it up to Audible, but I believe it should be out uh, 
before the season's over, before uh, spring's over. God willing. So that's that. Hey, listen, I think I had mentioned contact in the desert. So I'm going to give them a little plug because we're going to be out there. Uh, Join me for the sixth annual contact in the desert, June 1st through the 4th at the Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa. Okay, let me take the broadcast voice off. Actually, I was also asked to do a commercial for uh, for them. So that's out there in the ether somewhere. That's out there in the broadcast world somewhere. Me and George Nori did did a 30 and 60 second spot for them. So I'm really excited about that. I will also be, uh, I'll be out there with all my friends. And I will also be uh, introducing some of the speakers. We're finalizing that right now. So that will be great. We're talking more than 100 lectures, panels, workshops, events with uh, folks like George Nori and Giorgio A. Sukulos of Ancient Aliens fame, David Wilcock, Linda, our friend Linda Moulton Howe. I think I'll be interviewing her again as well. Eric Von Daniken, Corey Good, Doc Wallach, Richard Dolan, Grant Cameron. I'll be seeing Grant out there. My buddy Jimmy Church. Oh, gosh, so many people. It's like a reunion. Uh, when, whenever I get to uh, to meet up with these folks a couple times a year. Last time was out uh, at uh, uh, Conscious Life Expo in Los Angeles. So if you can, join me out there. Renaissance Indian Wells Resort and Spa. Contact in the desert June 1st through the 4th. We're only about, I don't know, 35, 40 days away. It's right around the corner. So if you are interested in attending, be sure to go to contactinthedesert.com for all the details. All right, gang. All right, there we go. So I will uh, talk to you soon. As a matter, speaking of contact in the desert, we're going to be having someone who we'll say is integral to putting this whole contact in the desert event together on the show next time on Higher Journeys Radio coming up uh, next Wednesday, a week from a week from today. So stand by for that. All right, everyone, I'm out. I will talk to you soon. Happy spring and take good care. <laughs>